Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the 18th episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest is my favorite dinner date. We both love to talk for hours over delicious food, and we have been exploring all the best restaurants San Diego has to offer. So if you want any recommendations, Gustavo is your guy for an epic dining experience. Gustavo Morillo was raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and he joined the Marines after high school. After the military, Gustavo embarked on a new journey in San Diego, California, where he received a bachelor's degree in marketing. Leveraging his leadership skills and strategic acumen honed in the military, he co-founded Expanded Reach, a digital marketing agency helping companies grow online. Gustavo enjoys working out, playing pickleball, and dancing the night away at music festivals. In this conversation, we discuss how we are more in control of our reality than we might believe, but it requires dedication to self-growth and developing the discipline to follow your dreams. We really do get to decide who we want to be in this life. And Gustavo gives a passionate plea to become better listeners for each other because it matters how we make each other feel. Thank you to Gus for making me smile from ear to ear editing this podcast. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And now I know that I'm comfortable being alone and I can be alone without pulling my hair out because I know a lot of people who they just can't, they can't be alone. Um, And that's not just like having a roommate, but they have to have been in a relationship constantly. When they break out, still break up with someone boom, they have to find another relationship because they just can't be alone. They don't know how to be alone with themselves with their own heads and stuff like that. And it's a learnable, practicable skill, it seems like, because it took some time for me to get that. Can I ask more a little bit more specific? So either for yourself or for your friends that you've seen, what are the thoughts that are going through people's heads and maybe your own head, right? That makes being alone uncomfortable. You know, it's just, it's that, that thought of like, it's you. It's something about you that, that it's the reason Something's you're wrong alone. with me. Something's, Something's wrong, wrong with me. me. Yeah. These are just thoughts that I'm just making up in my head about myself. Like, this is not true whatsoever. Literally, you're creating your own little fake reality in your head by doing that. And once I realized that nobody thought that way of me, it's just me doing that, creating that perception myself. Then I was like, wow, I actually have the perception to actually change <laughs> my oh. own my own thoughts. thoughts and stuff like that and energy and um i was like i'm not alone now uh, you know i do have people i can call on all the time i can literally go out to the store and make friends easily i can go to any place and make some friends and uh just just kind of shifting that mindset is what really helps me um because we're, we're not alone we it's usually if you're alone it's by choice yeah no that's interesting i very 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 recently started meditating And so I'm in the early stages of it and just doing all the intro (laughs) meditations, but all they focus on in the beginning is acceptance of your thoughts. So, you know, you're closing your eyes and there's like a voice guiding you in the meditation. And they say, you know, if your mind is wandering, let it wander and then gently bring it back to the place of focus. And it's all about not judging yourself and your thoughts. And that's helped me a lot. I think with my anxiety, where I would say things like, why am I thinking this thing? Like, why am I distracted? Why am I? And then like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then you get into this cycle of negativity. Um, And at least with the meditation that I started doing, it's all about, like I said, acceptance, removing the judgment, knowing that it's normal to have these thoughts. And then you can be more gentle with yourself. 
Right. So it sounds like maybe you did something similar where you're like, I have these thoughts, but I also have the power to change these thoughts. These thoughts right, don't define right. me. Exactly. It's it's being the awareness behind your thoughts instead of identifying them as them. And, and that's really the game changer in almost anything, to be honest. Um, but I'm sure that that'll come down later in this interview as we talk. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. I wanted to talk a little bit about your career because... I know right now you you started your own business and there's a component of like nonprofit work as well that we'll dive into. But first, I wanted to talk about your time in the Marines. How does that decision of going into the Marines play into who you are as a person? To be honest, I, I went into the Marines because I knew I was going to flunk out of college if I went to college. Um, I felt like I was maybe too immature. Um, I felt like I wouldn't take it seriously. And I knew that... that I'd be putting myself in debt just to flunk out or something. Uh, so I had friends joining the Marines and at that time. They are they already left for boot camp. And um, I went and saw one of them graduate. And I was like, wow, like, saw him in his whole uniform, like at the graduation ceremony. I'm like, that looks like a good idea. I'm like, that looks awesome. That looks empowering. That looks like he's, you know, being, it's like a meaningful, purposeful thing that he's doing. And it's bigger than himself. And so I was like, okay, that looks more like the path I need to take. So I kind of did that just to stay away from, you know, dropping out of school and disappointing my mom. That's where I sort of got my leadership abilities. That's where, um, you know, I was able to take a negative situation, take something bad, positive, and then turn it into a positive. And um, sort of just embracing the suck, as we would call it, and and Mm -hmm. just... um, you know, not taking things how it is, but just going with the flow and, and, and overcoming any obstacle, really. I love it. The The irony, though, is that you said that you felt you would not be mature enough for college. And like realizing that is actually very mature, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You had to look yeah. at who you were as a person and say, I did. this is not the right fit for me. How did you do that? The mindset I had was, was um, respectable. Uh, you know, I, I knew that, I, you know, what I needed to do wasn't enough. What what I what I had wasn't enough. And it's because I knew my habits. My habits at that age were horrible. Um, I could not stick to a like an actual routine that I knew would give me forward progress. I would just be doing the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. And that would just take me, pull me away from college 100 percent. It wouldn't allow me to do the things I know need to be done at that point, um, especially with all the distractions that are in college. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with the parties and the fraternities and the sororities and the, I, I would have gotten distracted very easily. Um, so, so that's kind of what I knew my habits weren't there. I knew I wasn't built for that effort yet. And so that's when I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go get some discipline in my body first mm-hmm. and join and join the Marines. And that's, they did that. They did exactly that. <laughs> and then you did go and get your college degree. So is, I I, I've never heard someone say that. So you said, you focused on getting your body disciplined and then you, once your body was disciplined, you were able to discipline your mind. Is that correct? Yeah, basically. Well, um, for me, it's just discipline. It's just, it's just discipline. Um, okay. I didn't have discipline like, at all uh, when I was getting out of high school. And um, like I would, I, I played soccer for high school and I would barely show to soccer practices. Uh, you know, I just, I just wasn't disciplined. I didn't, cause at that age, to be honest, I didn't care enough. I thought I had all this time ahead of me, you know, I'm just going to do what I want. <laughs> and, you know, I've got so much time. Like, what, like, why rush anything? 
And so the sense of urgency was not there. Do you think, I'm, I'm going to think about what I want to use, like children or teens, or do you think boys of this generation or your generation or younger don't have discipline? And do you think that this is a new thing or it's always been this way? Do you know what I mean? Because I keep hearing a version of this from people that I talk to. Um, and I don't know if it's like an American thing or if it's a global thing. And obviously I think you probably identify as American. You grew up here, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. but what do you think it is? Do you think that your experience of not feeling disciplined is a common one? Uh, yes. Uh, at least, at least in the U.S., I don't know much about what's going on outside the U.S., but at least in the U.S., there's a huge lack of discipline, like, like monumental lack of discipline. Uh, we all just focus on, on, uh, immediate gratification and so we want things now we 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 want like the rewards now uh, we want the shortcuts you know we we're not able to believe in the not yet seen and just and just thrive on what's in front of us every group i've ever been most of my friends everybody i know uh, we we didn't really have a we didn't even have a vision to be honest we didn't even have a trajectory we just took everything day by day and and, and didn't really we're sedentary, right? You didn't really have a goal or dream or anything. You have one now? I do have one now. Yes. Do you I want to share a, it? A, yeah, sure. I have, well, there's so, I have my dreams, right? And then I have my goals that kind of map out my dreams. And and I think it's very important to have that, you know, that a compelling vision that, that pulls you. Um, and so for me, it's just to really spend my days the way I wish. And uh, to contribute to humanity, whether as in business or humanitarian aid, and um, you know, just if I can help other people, they spend their days as they wish to and have their time back. That's also very purposeful, meaningful, will be very fulfilling for me. So those are kind of my things. Is just I just want to spend my days how I wish, and help others do the same, and just contribute to the human species and, and back into that human pool of of experience. Yeah, that's about it. What would be the opposite of that dream? Is it that you're in a situation where you don't control your time? Is that the opposite of that dream? Yes. The opposite of that dream is, is, is where I work 50 hours a week at a, a dead end job that I do not like. Um, and then I come home, eat and sleep and do it all over again. And then I, that's that's just terrifying to me and to get to the end of my life too with like regret that's just the scariest thing um it's 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 just wild how we forget you know how beautiful and rare sometimes life is and, and we spend it doing such like almost insulting things to our p potential to be honest like we all every single one of us have like such crazy potential to do such a crazy amazing things but so many few, like so few of us actually like seek that out. Um, and, and it's really sad because everybody's got their own little, their own little wonder to share to the world, you know? <laughs> and somehow we get insecure about it or scared yeah. or tired. And so we don't show it, right? It's the self-doubt and, and, and it's the fear that hold us back. Um, and it's the comparison as well. Comparison is a thief of joy, 100%. Um, you know, you they're not you. <laughs> they, they don't have your, they didn't grow up with your, with your, you know, your family. You don't grow up with your, your problems, your sentiment, your feelings, your emotions. They didn't, they're not you. So how can you, can you like comparing yourself to someone is the, 
an illusion, to be honest. It's just, you're creating that in your own head because they're not you. They're, they're not, they didn't grow up with your experiences or anything like that. You said like 10 things that I want to respond to. And I'm like, which one am I going to respond to? But this part about comparison, I agree. And I think, I mean, it's like a, a cliche at this point, right? But obviously social media plays a huge part in that. Um, have you stopped comparing yourself to other people and how did you do that? And like, what advice would you give to other people? Yes, I did stop comparing myself. Um, and it's because I realized that social media was just a highlight reel of people's life. You know, um, like your life is not margaritas on the beach in Cabo, you know, (laughs) it could be, (laughs) I mean, it it will be soon, but it's not most most of the time. It's It's not. not. And, and, but people will be posting stuff like that and people think, oh, that's their life and they think they're missing out. Um, when reality is they're not posting their highs and lows. They're not posting what it took to maybe get to where they're at. They didn't post like all their struggles, the, you know, their problems, their emotional issues. They didn't post any of that. So they're just posting all of the good stuff. So that's all you're seeing. And so it's easy to just take that and be like, wow, I'm falling behind or wow, like I'm not good enough. And but the truth of the matter is we all have those great pictures on our phones where we're doing something awesome that we could post, right? So it's like it's just an illusion. So I, I just try not to think of like their life is not that. Their life is you know how they treat each other at the dinner table with their family. You know that's oh, like that. you, you you do that every day. Like you get that right, you fix that, boom, you you fix ten percent of your life. You know, so um, I think that is what helps me kind of stop comparing myself and just being comfortable in my own skin and just knowing that, you know what, I'm not where I was last year. It's me against me. And it always has been. So that's it. I really like that dinner table example. Did you come up with that by yourself? That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's in those moments, right? What That's yeah. like real life, how you're treating right. each other and how you're spending your time. Um, yeah. Man, comparison. It's hard not to compare yourself though, Gus. It's yeah, hard. It's, it's it's very hard. It's 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 the skill. It really is like everything. Um, we become so accustomed to comparing ourselves because we always feel like it's just a one big rat race, and mm-hmm. um, so we just feel like if someone's ahead of us, we're falling behind. But we're all on our own little track, our own little storybook. Um, it's all separate. That's it. it is. So most we could most we could do is help each other along the way, and that's about it. <laughs> I do love that. I don't know when I started adopting that mentality of just celebrating other people. Like I just, that's my mantra of like someone else gets promoted. Someone else gets an opportunity. I always just view the pie as getting bigger, but I know sometimes people view the pie as one size. And so if someone else is getting more of the pie, then they're taking it away from you. Right. And so that's when you also fall into problems, right? When you think someone else is taking something away from you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's another thing. That's just another illusion that we're creating ourselves um, because it's, it's, there's so much of the pie to go around <laughs> that you can I promise you're not. No one's taking any of the pie from you. You're not taking any from them. There's plenty of it going around. You want to tell me a little bit about your company that you started and um, maybe tie it back to discipline as well, because you started by saying that you needed discipline. The Marines helped you get there. But then after that, you went and got your degree. And then you started a business, like maybe, was it a year out or something like that? You can give me the timeline because it feels very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I started my business like maybe four months ago, four or five months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, So very new. I started like as I was like just finishing college. Um, But it's funny, funny story how it it all came to be. Uh, It took me such a long time just to finally hit the like, 
start button, you know, because so many, so, so often we're, I'm just in my own head and, and like waiting for the right moment and like, okay, like where's the right moment to begin? Oh, what do I need to know before I do this and this and this? But the truth is you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be, you're not going to have that right moment. You have to create that right moment. And the reason we're never going to feel ready to do what scares us is because we're always on survival mode. We're not, our brains are not made for success. They're made for survival. So often we're, we think we've made a decision when all we've really done is try it until it got too uncomfortable. Like we, we think we've made a decision, but all we've really done is signed up to try until it's gotten too uncomfortable. And that's kind of where I was. I thought I made a decision, but like when it got hard and I hit some obstacles and it pushed me back, I would quit. And I think that's what a lot of people are similar in. You know, they, they want to make this decision and changing their life, but they just like can't like fully commit into that decision because they know that when they fully commit into the decision, they have to completely leave back the person that they were. And that is so terrifying. Change is scary. Your brain is always trying to protect you and change is risky. So your brain is trying to continue, always trying to pull you back into what's, what you, what's similar, what you know, what's comfortable for you. Um, it's like you're really like stretching the elasticity in your brain when, when you're trying to go for something uncomfortable. And eventually, if you're there long enough, then that's your baseline now. Your brain is now past that. Um, so it took a while because they took me to actually finally be like, you know what? I need to make a real decision, like really decide like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. And like, this is going to be my goal. And, and like, this is the path I'm taking. I'm not wearing off this path, no matter what obstacle comes my way. And once you kind of like do that, you sort of free yourself from the fear of failure too, because then failure is, there is no failure. It's, it's not, the only failure is in quitting. Everything else is just gathering information, right? So w- when you fail, that's just another lesson learned. Boom. All right. Extract the lessons. This is what I got to do better for this time. And, and that's it. And so it took me a minute because I thought maybe I'm not built for the effort yet. I can't really commit. I have to leave who I was. And it scared me. It's, it's terrifying. Change is so scary. But then I realized, like, when it feels scary to jump in, that is exactly when I have to jump in. Otherwise, otherwise, I end up staying in the same place my whole life. And the pain of building my dream life is going to be way less painful than the pain I'll feel at the end of my life for regret of not doing so. So when I kind of looked at it like that, and I was just, you know, what, I just got to commit and just do it and just act and just not think. Because the moment you give yourself time to think, you start giving yourself, making up excuses in your head. And then that's why your de- your decision has to be watertight, uh, because if it's not, then excuses will crack through, and you're gonna make excuses that are gonna make you you know put it off. And so that's what I kept falling in, and it took a lot because I did. I, I kept I would do some work for like, you know, a good amount of time, and then I would quit when things got hard, and then I would kind of like do something else, and then I would push back my business or whatever it was, and then. I realize like the longer I keep pushing this back, the less time I have to live in the future that I want, you know? And oh. so oh, shit. I just, I, <laughs> and it's just like, I, I need to just start now, stop getting, staying in my own head to just hurry up and live in that dream future. Cause at the end, I'm not going to care how many years it took. I'm just going to be happy that I did it. And can you be happy in the process of doing it too? Because I think, first of all, I love that. I love the, how you compared it in terms of, both things are hard, 
it's hard to follow your dream. It's hard to not follow your dream. So which heart are you going to pick? And you're, you right. chose to pick follow your dream. Um, and then you also said that the reward is at the end, right? You're going to be living that life. But there's so many people talk about that. What is it? Um, get joy out of the journey, right? So how has the journey been for you? Like to your point, failure's not an option anymore. It's just a lesson right. learned. So how has it been for you in the last, I guess, half year that you've been doing it? So that's funny you say that because a lot of the stuff I had learned was that uh, a big part of people who are successful is that they learn to enjoy the, pro- uh, the, the process. And so I think that is a, a big factor in it because if you hate doing what, you know, what you're trying to do, it's going to be very hard to get yourself to get up and do it. So I do enjoy the process. Um, I, I have fun with it. I don't see it as something like, oh, I have to do this. I look at it now. I was like, oh, I get to do this. Oh, wow. Like I, I, I get to wake up and, and stay home and work for my laptop. Are you kidding me? Like I get to build my dream life. I have time to do this. I get to be creative and create advertisements with cool pictures and, and, and persuasion tactics. And I get to do all these really cool things and, and use my marketing knowledge, you know, and seeing it as it, like that perspective, like, wow, I get to do all this cool stuff. And, and I'm so excited for what the future has to hold. And then you just, you just like typing away and you're just excited and you just can't wait to keep progressing. And so I think that's kind of where I got, I did used to see it as like a, a chore. And if you see it as a chore, it's going to be very hard to do. Um, you have to see it as like, man, I can't wait to do this. I get to do this. Not many people get to do this. And this is going to build my life for the future. And once I set this foundation, it's going to be fantastic to share it with the world. And that that's kind of how I push through it. Like, that's so weird. Like, I heard a version of this advice maybe yesterday on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram teaches me so many things. Um, but it was like a reflection of a mom who said, you know, because day in and day out, it's hard, right? There's dishes, there's laundry, there's toys to get picked up from the kids, et cetera. And it's, it does sometimes feel like you're on this little like wheel and it's and just like, real. yeah. And it's like, oh, more dishes. Oh, more laundry. But the mom said she flipped her mindset and said, when she's like picking up the toys and doing the laundry, she's like, I get to do this for my family. And, you know, thank goodness that my kids have enough clothes that fit them, that keep them warm. And now I get to wash it and fold it. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then they have clean clothes for like the next day, you know, or thank goodness I have all these dirty dishes because I have enough money to feed my kids and I have access yeah. to water. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> and it's, the, you're and right. it's, it's cause and eventually, you know, they're going to move out and you're not going to have the yes. end to do those things. And so yeah. it's like, enjoy while you can to do those little things and, and don't see it as a chore as a task, but as like something fun that you get to do something that you're lucky about doing. Um, and that's kind of what you're saying is kind of to what my strategy is to being happy all the time. And, and that's being grateful. Um, I think you can't, I think being grateful is, is like, it's like a, a cheat code for happiness. Um, so like I told you, I, so right over here, I have a, a journal. It's my grateful journal. And every day I write, I write down about 15 things that I'm grateful for. That's a lot. And <laughs> It's a lot, but you'd be surprised. I'm almost filled the whole notebook. You'd be surprised how many things we don't think about that we are actually so grateful for. And we all we do is focus on the things we don't have. And so when we focus on the things we don't have, it's really hard to be positive all the time. So when when you continuously write yourself like, I'm happy to wake up and see another day. I'm happy to, you know, have a gym membership. I'm happy that I'm I'm healthy. I have all my limbs. I'm happy that I have clothes on my back. I'm grateful for this and thankful for that. 
grateful to have a family, you know, to to lean on to in case things get tough. And just when you you really like list them out, you're like, wow, I'm great. I have all of these things. And then now you go out tackle your day with the mindset of wow, I of abundance, you know. And so it's a way better way to to live your life. And then doing that after a while, the reason and my roommate and everybody's always said like how managed to be happy all the time. And it's like, honestly, how can you not? <laughs> yeah. Because to be to be honest, like it's not just great to be here. It's great just to be, you know, it's great to be anywhere at this point for me. I'm just like, from the things I've seen and, and just from the rare chances of just existing, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just happy to be here and have these experiences. And um, I'm just grateful for it all and for, for where I'm placed in sunny San Diego. Uh, you can't beat that. And so really shifting the mindset to what you have instead of what you, what you lack of. Um, and then once you focus on what you have, you start to get more of it. Wait, say more. Say that again. It's just once you focus on what you have and what you're grateful for, um, it, it sort of projects projects that back to you. And you start to feel more abundant, more grateful, more things come your way. Um, instead of you saying, oh, I, I don't have enough this, I don't get enough sleep, I don't I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm sick or I'm healthy. The universe is going to agree with you and be like, okay, sure. And so is your body. Like, yeah, you're right. You say those things, it's true. So then it's going to, you know, that that's going to happen. You, you literally tell your body it's sick, it, it will actually become sick. It's crazy. I, I read that in the scientific uh, case study. Are you familiar with This American Life? It's like a, it's a, pretty, it's a podcast where the, it's different stories every week by different like reporters and stuff. But essentially one of the stories was about um, a Chinese American woman whose grandmother was terminally ill from cancer. And I, I believe they were in China. I think, I don't think it was China. I think it was China. And so I guess in China, once you reach a certain age, the doctor won't talk to you. They'll tell your family. So they didn't tell the grandmother that she was terminally ill. They told her children and the children decided not to tell the grandmother because they believe in Chinese culture um, or Eastern medicine too, right? The power of the mind is so, like, it's so powerful. There's so much. and so. I guess there's like a proverb, like two people go to the doctor's office. One is healthy. One is not. The doctor mixes up the results and tells the healthy person they're sick and the unhealthy person that they're healthy. And then what happens? The healthy person actually gets sick. Right. And so they didn't tell the grandmother and then she didn't die. They expected her to die like three months later and she didn't. And she kept going back year after year and getting the diagnosis of like, yep, terminal cancer. But they treated her as if she wasn't going to die. And then she didn't. And so Then they made a movie about it. Aquafina's in it, I think. (laughs) It was like this big thing. But that to me, it blew my mind, right? Of just, you really can't control the kind of life that you want to live, right? You you do have more control than you think that you have. 100%. We're we're leaving so much control on the table uh, by just letting our subconscious have the steering wheel and not even Mm. being aware of our subconscious. Our subconscious actually controls like 90% of our decisions. We just don't even know it. How did you identify your values? How would I identify my values? Or how did you, like what process did you go through? Because when we, when I was at Google, almost every year we do like a values exercise, which was literally like a one to two hour workshop where we talked about our values as individuals. So um, outside, but outside of that, where it was like an organized corporate thing, I've never looked at what my values are. So I was just curious 
what, how you yeah. got to your values? Um, I didn't even know my values until my actions, my actions showed me my values first. Uh, it wasn't the other way around. So I knew the person that I wanted to be. And I knew that if I was going to be that person, I had to intentionally act like the person that I want to become. And so in order to be that person, I needed to have what? Let's see. I needed to be a man of my word. I needed to be able to stay committed. Um, I, I needed to seek the best not only for myself, but the best for those around me um, to, to not cut shortcuts and, you know, get ahead in life by hurting other people. Um, and, and just, just really just those things is like, okay, so those are the things I need to do to, to be able to, you know, live intentionally like the person I want to become, the person that people can look up to, that leader that I've always wanted to be. People are not going to look up to a leader if he cheats. People are not going to look up to a leader if, if he tells someone to do something and he doesn't do those things himself. Um, so I was like, okay, so these are the traits that I need. I need to have these traits. And then those sort of became my values. I started to kind of like just put myself into those places. And that's kind of how that aligned itself. I'm trying to summarize like what I'm hearing from you. It's almost like a version of fake it till you make it, right? Um, 100%. It's fake it till you make it all the way. Um, But it's like you're faking it to yourself, right? Like not to others. It's like, I'm going to be this way, this person. And then I will eventually realize that I am this person. Yes, 100%. That is belief, belief, belief. That is sheer power. Fake it till you make it. you know, and that's that's the whole thing of manifestation. You know, it's a big part of manifestation is believe you already are and have, have obtained the things that you want and mm. that you are already who you want to be. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to share about yourself, about your family, your goals, anything? Oh, man. You can say you love your mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. If I could just like leave one last little tip for the crowd. Yeah, go for it. I love it. <laughs> and it's the reason I want to do this is because it's something that I've been working on myself. Um, listening. We don't get taught how to truly, really listen to people. Um, and, and that is such a lost art and, and skill. Um, and here's why I say that, because a lot of times I find myself in the act of, of like halfway listening to people, you know, like, like my friends will be talking to me, I'll either be on my phone. Or, or I'll, I'll be, you know, occupied or I'll be thinking about something else. Whatever it is, I'm not really fully in this conversation and listening to them. That happens so often and that happens with so many people that I'm trying to talk to, but they're not fully invested in this conversation, not really listening. So, like, there's two types of hearings. There's the active listening and the art of listening. The active listening is, for example, if someone's talking to you and, you know, you're on your phone and they're like, hey, you're not listening to me. And then you say, yeah, I am. And then you repeat the words back to them exactly how they said it like congratulations your ears work that's the act of listening the art of listening is creating an environment and where the other person feels heard it's oh. it's understanding the meaning behind the words and you do this by replacing judgment with curiosity and saying things like go on tell me more like go on tell me more and then just listening and just not thinking about what you're going to say next, but instead just fully be there and present and listen to this conversation. And that is so important, so huge, because if you can make someone feel heard, they'll trust you. And, and that's how you build the fundamentals of our relationship. And relationships lead to so many great things in business and life and anything. So 
um, listening, the art of listening, listen actively, empathically, and honestly, and, and just put your freaking phone down. Because <laughs> that's just happens, that irks me so much when people are just on their phones and I'm trying to talk to them. And it's like, I'm, and they're like, I'm listening. And I'm like, I know you're hearing me, but I, I need the eye contact. I need you to yeah. be here. I want to feel heard. It's a feeling. I say feel because it's, it's a feeling. You're not giving me that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. It was like the Maya Angelou right quote of people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. But it's also not just putting your phone down. It's also turning your brain off a little bit in terms of yeah. what you want to say. And like you said, being more right. present. So I love that. Yeah. I love that a lot. <laughs> everybody good. put That's their good. photo away and listen to my podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the world right now. Right now. This was super fun. Um, sorry that I jumped right in. <laughs> didn't like even ask how you are you're good no worries it's okay you know i'm good so are you good i am i'm I'm doing great i'm somewhere between better and best oh okay (laughs) so you have a spectrum yeah i'm right there in the middle better and best i don't think i'll ever reach i don't think i'll ever reach the best because it's going to be a always just constantly improving kind of thing i like it i'm going to be traveling this week but i was going to text you to see if you're available next week for a lunch or something just to catch up. Yeah, so, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Trent was course, right. Anytime. You were great at it. You're natural. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good to hear. I'll see you soon. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the One of a Kind podcast. This show is edited by my brother from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.